Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now, let the show begin. Hello and welcome back to the show. This is your host, Don McCauley. Today, we're welcoming your program author, David Cairns of Finhaven, and he is the author of The Case of the Wandering Corpse. Before I bring in today's guest, a quick reminder, the selected interviews are available at our website, as well as on major platforms like Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and many more. David, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Doc. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Well, I'm currently resident in Australia, although I was born in the UK and spent a good part of my life in the US and a bit in Canada as well. I had a career in technology, I took a couple of companies public in the US and started writing a few years back, initially because my wife had two forebears who were transported to Australia and, and wanted to write their story and things have developed from there. And so I view myself as an author these days, but with a strong technology and international perspective. So tell us about your book. Imagine yourself transported back in time. Abraham Lincoln's president, the Civil War has begun, and you find yourself on the other side of the world in the middle of the greatest gold rush ever seen. You find yourself in a room where two friends who are vaguely similar to Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson, and they're figuring out how to save a man wrongly accused of murder. As they unravel the threads, they stumble across a ruthless secret society, hunt a fortune in buried gold, risk life and limb, and you get to witness the real events and the real people of the time in burgeoning Melbourne, Australia, at that time, a frontier British colony. That is the case of the wandering court in a couple of sentences. Now, who did you write your book for specifically? Who's your target audience here? That, that's always difficult to respond to, but I'd probably use a generic term. I'm interested in time travelers. Now, I've always been a history buff, and I was enthralled when I first came across a Sherlock Holmes adventure many years ago. I also reveled in the Victorian atmosphere of Charles Dickens' novels. And two, I'm a great traveler. I love exploring new places, meeting new people. And my stories allow me to wrap all of this together. Book clubs have chosen my books. Readers tend to be male and female, young adult to retirement age and beyond. But they all share the same thing, the threat of the chase. They love immersing themselves in another age. They like visiting new places in their imagination and drinking in new experiences. So I'm looking for people that enjoy getting excited about new things, new places, and new times. So could you say there's any type of central message or perhaps underlying theme that you would say runs throughout your book? I didn't write Wandering Corpse to deliver a message or lecture anyone about anything, although I certainly have opinions about the world we live in. I use a tagline on my website, ignore history at your peril, for if you don't learn from the past, as the saying goes, 
you're doomed to repeat it. So stepping back, I'd say that perhaps the central theme in this book and other books is the eternal fight of good versus evil and of the particular power of friendship and love. This is the bedrock of the tale, while I also explore the depths that man and woman can sink to with the right incentive and the wrong company. So if you had to choose, what would you say is the single most important idea you're sharing in your book that's really going to add value to the reader's life? If I'd written a book to lay out my beliefs and values and and how I would like the world to be, it would look very different to this and would probably be much less exciting. But naturally, your beliefs and values permeate everything you do. So I'd hope that the power, the strength, true friendship signs true. Because the world without someone you can count on is a very lonely place. And that is probably the key message. Now, if you were asked to compare your book with any book out there we might already be familiar with, which book would it be and why? I really can't answer this any better than by referring to comments by the Historical Novel Society when they selected my first book in this series as a Reader's Choice finalist. In their review, they compared my novel to Wilkie Collins, the grandfather of the modern detective story, and particularly his novel, The Moonstone. For a time, Collins was one of the best-known and best-loved Victorian fiction writers. And he was also a close friend of Charles Dickens. So it's a humbling comparison. And I knew I'd succeeded in my time traveler objective when they commented, let me just read it here. It's hard to believe that this book has been written now as it's so thoroughly immersed in the period and the locations in which it is set. I also said that the novel has a definite shark hunt vibe. And I thoroughly enjoy the mystery, suspense, and intrigue. So to answer your question, I guess I can't do better than say the Moonstone, or perhaps a Sherlockian story like a study in Scarlet. So can you tell us more about some of the characters in the book? Yeah, really, there's two primary heroes, Findogansk and Errol Wraith, uh, and obviously some villains as well. And there is a love interest in a a lass called Mary Mitchell. Fendal Gask is a retired army major who was injured in the Indian War, and he is a much more rounded character, I think, than Dr. Watson in the Sherlock Holmes series, with a bit more intellect than he was played opposite Basil Rathbone in the Sherlock Holmes films. Errol Wright is a similar character to Sherlock Holmes, but he's more sporty, plays cricket, and he is more approachable, I think, than Holmes. The books do spend time exploring their characters and their relationships with each other. Mary Mitchell is actually based on a cousin of mine, pretty girl, who is also very smart, and she acts as a foil and a love interest for Findo Gas. The villains tend to be pretty nasty people, different Greetings. There is a story around a secret society which has its genesis in South Africa, and the people that form this society part of something called De Bruderskap, which is very loosely based 
on the Burra bond of real South African secret society. So the characters work with each other through the book, and in the end, we'll see whether good triumphs over evil or not. So, did your environment or upbringing, perhaps, play any major role in your writing? Interesting question. I grew up in post-war London. I can still remember playing amongst bombsites. My father was a Scot who'd come south to join the Metropolitan Police Force, and his beat was Jack the Ripper territory. As a boy, I even joined him on a couple of occasions. My grandfather was stationed in Germany after the war, we sailed across the channel to see him one year too. And maybe it was this adventure that sparked the wanderlust in me. Anyway, I've traveled extensively and I've lived and worked on four continents and seen most of the great cities of the world. So no question, I've used these experiences to color descriptions of places. And in one of my books, for example, I faithfully recounted an eerie experience I once had walking home one utterly fog-bound night in London. You just don't see fogs like that anymore. Oh yes, I would definitely say that the environment has helped, along with many, many hours in research to make the time shift real. So what can you tell us about this genre and why you decided to write in this genre? My first two books were about my wife's forebears. They were transported to Australia in the early 1800s. This was a true story, coloured with imagined conversations and experiences to breathe life into the embers of these two lives that long ago. On the other hand, the Gask and Wright series is straightforward historical fiction, but fiction that relies very much upon a deeply accurate description of the time, places, people they interact with. And as to why the right, this was a momentous century. The Industrial Revolution was in full swing. The American Civil War was happening. The British Empire is in full bloom. There are new inventions like penicillin and so on. So it's a century that's close enough to touch physically and emotionally. You can walk into houses that existed then ride railways that were built then, you can empathize with the people who lived then, so it's possible to create a tangible atmosphere, unlike if you're trying to write about a thousand years ago. I also enjoy the intellectual challenge created by unraveling mysteries and the thrill of adventure. So what's not to like about this, John? So what's been your most rewarding experience since publishing your book? I received a comment about one of my books that I hold very dear. It's short, so I can read it to you in full, although I'm sure my accent's wrong. It started five out of five stars. This is an amazing book. This book, Everything is Good. The author did an amazing work to publish this kind of book. Also, this book is a helpful book. I'm really happy to read it. Everyone need to must listen this book. I want to recommend this book for all book reader. Thank you so much. It's tried to say that you're humbled by this or that recognition. But I can say with all honesty that I was humbled to receive this comment. And so very glad that Sandeep 
which was his first name, stumbled across my work. So how would you describe your writing style? Some may, and at least one reviewer already has, describe my writing style as dated. Though, to be fair, they also said in the same breath that they relished this and found it enchanting and gave me five stars. But whether that's good or bad, I feel it's necessary to carry the reader back in time. I want you to become a time traveler, and without triggering emotions and images with language of that time, it can't be done. Let me just quote one reader. She's a guy in the U.S., and he said, I've read very few historical detective novels, but really enjoy the incredible details you continually inserted to make it feel like the mid-19th century. Further, the info about England, and especially Australia, truly gave the book a feeling that you were right there with Findo and Errol. Just to think that it took over 90 days to travel from Australia to England at that time. What a trip. The book turned out to be a real page turner for me. You really did well, pulling me from chapter to chapter. So I guess writing style is maybe dated, but it's deliberately so, and it's designed to pull you back in time. So in your opinion, who should buy your book? I would like to see people that enjoy new places, new experiences, and can get themselves immersed in this story. They are probably going to be somebody that is stimulated by meeting new people, by visiting new places. They're going to be male and female, likely to be maybe early teenagers to 60, 70, 80, 100. But they're all going to have this desire to enjoy the thrill of the chase, to unweave and unravel the story. And they probably will already be Sherlock Holmes fans because that's very much a vibe that I try to recreate. Do you have a website? Yes, I do. It's www.cairnsofbenaven.com. I write a blog every four to six weeks where I provide background on my books, competitions, and so on. And I also discuss current affairs from the perspective of what history has to teach us. So, for example, in 2020, I compared the Spanish flu outbreak 100 years earlier to the threat of COVID. And in 2021, I predicted Russia's invasion of Ukraine a year before it happened, as well as warning of the coming inflation. Obviously, always happy to welcome new subscribers. Well, this has been just great. Our guest today has been David Cairns of Finhaven, and he is the author of The Case of the Wandering Corpse. David, thanks very much for being with us today. Thank you very much. This is Don McCauley wrapping up another edition of The Author Show. Go out here, buy the book today, and please share this interview with your friends so that they, too, have the opportunity to discover our guests and their work. The Author Show can be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. And whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books to read, The Author Show is a great place to start. Check us daily as we continue to introduce wonderful authors of very interesting books on The Author Show. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorsshow.com. theauthorsshow.com 
Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.